Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. I'm excited to have a very excellent guest with us this morning. Um, and we were uh, actually, we teased last week that we were having Jan Markell. She has some health issues and we really need you guys to pray for her. She didn't get into detail and I don't think uh, we need to, to know all the details. Just Holy Spirit, lead our prayers for our sister Jan, who has such an important ministry. But uh, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with who we've got today. Father in heaven, give us wisdom today. Uh, we thank you for giving us another opportunity to speak your truth and lead people to Jesus, the only hope for believers in the church, the only hope for this country, the only hope for the world. We thank you that that hope is an anchor to our soul. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to work in us, and we know that you are moving in the realm of the Spirit, and help us to understand that, even though we don't see things happening the way we want to see them right now in our country, in our culture, in the political process. We surrender that all to you, a most holy, sovereign God who knows the future and has everything in control. We love you, Lord, and we thank you that we know the truth, and it has set us free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today's guest, Trevor Loudon, is with us. He's a New Zealand author, speaker, political activist, filmmaker, and blogger from Christchurch, New Zealand. For more than 30 years, he's researched the radical left, Marxist, and terrorist movements, and their covert influence on mainstream politics. He's working on a brand new project called Enemies Within the Church. Trevor believes that there are forces that must be exposed and countered as America's continued role as a bastion of freedom is pivotal for future or for the future of Western civilization. Trevor Loudon, thank you so much for so being on Stand Up for the Truth with us. Oh, look, it's a, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, we uh, first heard of you in the Agenda documentaries. I know you've been around long before that, but that was around 2010 when uh, something very profound that has stuck with me through the years that you said, Trevor, and that is if America goes down economically, America goes down militarily. And if America goes down militarily, we all go down. That was very profound. And as we see now, they've been chipping away at the economy. They're using the coronavirus to do it. And just before we get into the election and all the chaos that's going on, I would love to get just your thoughts on that statement that you made in that first Agenda documentary. Yeah, well, I think it's very telling for right now. Look, this is what I believe. The coronavirus attack was deliberately spread by China with the, with the purpose of wrecking the U.S. economy for two reasons. One, to destroy President Trump, but the other, to wreck the U.S. military budget. Hmm. You know, because wow. Obama gutted the military. Trump was trying to build it up. You know, under Obama, um, America was building nine Navy ships a year, while China was building 60. So he started building the military. But you can only do that on, on the back of a strong economy. Hmm. Now, already 31 Democrats, led by the pro-communist Barbara Lee from California 
and the radical left Mark Pocan from Wisconsin have written a letter to the Armed Services Committee, which controls the defence budget, demanding huge defence budget cuts in the next budget go-around because of COVID. Mm. The Green New Deal, which is going to come in if Biden becomes president, is designed to gut the US military. Biden has worked against the US military his entire political career. If, if these people succeed in destroying the U.S. military, which they are, they are bent on doing, China rules the world. Mm. That, it's that, that simple. Why does it seem that so many Americans either are uninformed or don't understand this? They had eight years of the Obama-Biden administration to know what kind of policies Joe Biden would support. We've got radicals now, uh, Ilhan Omar and AOC and, and Pelosi. We know what they're about. We know what they want to do. And yet it seems like so many people want to give them the benefit of the doubt as if they don't want to take down America. Well, yeah, there's, well, the mainstream media is a big part of that problem because, you know, we had a communist president for eight years in Barack Obama and still 95% of Americans, and I guarantee 90% of American Christians have no idea of that fact. Yes. They have no idea that he worked to destroy the U.S. military, that he worked to deliberately stoke, stoke racial tensions, that he worked to socialize health care and flood the conservative voting base with millions of illegal immigrants. All of this is communist policy. And and most Americans have no clue. Hmm. And they don't realize that Joe Biden is just as bad. They, they're told he's a moderate, old-fashioned Democrat. The guy is extreme left. And Kamala Harris is even worse. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, but Americans are told they're moderates. It's a complete lie. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've been trying to sound the alarm on for over a decade is the fact that I agree with President Trump. He said it, you know, when he got in office, that the mainstream media is an enemy of the people. And Absolutely. that sounds grandiose. That sounds sensational. And if anyone but Trump said it, maybe people would look into it. But it's just astounding to me what we have the power we have given them. And they have power to control the information. I'm looking at these headlines over here. A uh, China expert says that Beijing is happy with a Joe Biden win. Why would that be? Well, because Joe Biden is their man, and China was the main force in electing Joe Biden um, through the COVID, through the rioting, which they controlled, and also through the electoral process, which they had a major, major influence on as well. Mm. So absolutely, he's their man. You know, Trump, Trump was the only one who would stand up to communist China, and, and they wanted to get rid of him. See, we, people need to understand right now, India is freaking out because they are being bullied by China, hmm. and Trump was their only ally that could reliably stand up to China. Japan is freaking out. South Korea is freaking out. Taiwan is freaking out. Australia is freaking out. New Zealand is freaking out because they know that if Trump is no longer president, China will rule the South Pacific as this as part of their step to world domination. This is this work, this election, the whole balance of power in the world hangs in hangs on this election. Hmm. It, it is that serious. So 
If we can ask you to speculate a little bit with what's going on and what you see happening, I know there are a lot of lawsuits. There is voter fraud in every presidential election. I think most of us know that. Many of us don't want to believe it, but it's happening. It's never been on such a massive scale with so many ways. You've got the Dominion, a computer system. You've got the mail-in ballots. You've got other ways, stuffing ballots, dumps in the middle of the night. I've never seen, most of us have never seen anything like this, and yet the media says, no, we should move on now and, and heal the country. What are your thoughts on where we're at as far as the disputing of the votes in the Electoral College, and where do you think this is going to go, Trevor? Well, I think I think this has happened. It's happened every election since 1960, and probably well before that. You know, so this is nothing new. But you're right; the scale is massive this time, and much of it was was orchestrated by China, and 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 people allied to China. The Chinese actually had major voter registration networks going in seven targeted states this election cycle and they won six of them according to their logic okay i don't say that they will probably be overturned but they claim to have won six of them so look i i think this is a 50 50 proposition right now i think trump has got a great legal case hmm. i think um there's absolutely massive fraud georgia Michigan and Pennsylvania should all go to Trump, wow. as should Arizona. But that is if the courts do the right thing. Mm. That is if the state legislatures do the right thing. I think his case is overwhelming, mm -hmm. but it's a matter whether the courts and the legislatures have the courage to actually um, do what is right here and expose the fraud. I, I think there's a huge positive if this fraud is over to, uh, exposed, I think state legislatures and the federal government will enact very sweeping and very um, powerful anti-vote fraud legislation. And that will put the Democrats out of power for 30 years. <laughs> that's, that, seriously, mm -hmm. because that's the way they get elected. Mm -hmm. They have been stealing elections for decades. This They've gone all out this time, and I think they've overplayed their hand. Yes. It's been exposed to the American people in a way you can't ignore. And if these court cases, cases go through and, and justice is done, that, that party will be discredited for decades. It's amazing. And, go ahead. Yeah, and, and their main means of winning will be, will be taken out of their hands. Now, some people just heard what you said, and they're thinking, well, wait a minute, that's got to be an exaggeration. What does Trevor Loudon know? Well, what did our eyes tell us in the last several months when we've had tens of thousands of people, even up till the week before the election, 57,000 people during freezing weather and COVID season in Pennsylvania and different rallies for Trump across America, and Joe Biden had a couple dozen or they're socially distanced. There was no enthusiasm. We had people rallying for Trump. And the media pretty much wanted to say, don't believe your eyes. There's more people that are, that are wanting to vote for Joe Biden. It, it, they've been pretty successful at telling that story the way they want people to believe it, haven't they? Yeah, and, and the whole narrative was designed to, to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we say that Joe Biden's ahead by 10 points, like the polls say, if we say that the enthusiasm for Joe is off the charts, 
and we failed to report on all the Trump rallies that were all over. A lot of Trump voters are thinking, oh, it's a waste of time. I might stay home. Well, it didn't work. You know, Trump, Trump went off the charts in Florida, most of the states in the union. The Democrats lost ground in the House, made very little ground in the Senate. And it was a, a, it was a, a more, much more of a red wave, a Trump wave, than it was a blue wave. Mm-hmm. The only area that Biden beat Trump was in four key cities. That's true. Four key cities. That's, that's true. It. In fact, and, uh, and that's, go ahead. And he outperformed Obama in those cities. He outperformed Biden outperformed Obama in those cities. Oh my goodness. You tell me the enthusiasm for Trump was was high enough to beat Obama's totals? Hmm. Can you seriously say that? This is massive vote fraud, targeted vote fraud. There's no doubt about it. And we just got to keep the pressure up, keep the rallies going so that the courts understand that they have to do the right thing here. So, Trevor, is it your understanding that what happened was on election eve or on the night of the election, the races were somewhat close. There's some states already were called and then came Florida and Ohio going over to Trump. Then in the middle of the night, two, three, four in the morning, somehow they just jammed on the brakes some states stopped counting, and then we woke up the next morning, and there were ballots just came in from nowhere, all for Joe Biden. What is your understanding of what happened during that time? Well, this, this is what I think, is that the Democrats, to some degree, believed their own propaganda. Mm-hmm. They thought they were going to do pretty well in the election. I think they thought they were going to do well in the House and the Senate, and they were probably going to beat Trump, but they weren't 100% sure of it. So so when Florida went badly, when Ohio went badly, they panicked and they had to dump in a whole bunch of votes. Like they had vote fraud anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their normal thing. They would have had a high degree of it anyway, but they weren't prepared for what actually eventuated. So they just had to stop the bleed, shut down the votes, and they hurriedly manufactured hundreds of thousands of votes, which is why many of the ballots, hundreds of thousands of ballots were filled in for Joe Biden only and nothing below because they didn't have time to fill in everything. They just had to manufacture a whole bunch of ballots in three or four hours and dump them off at the counting stations. You know, it was a panic move and that panic moves like that leave evidence, they leave trails. And that that will prove to be their undoing, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, too. I mean, if there's evidence, my question is, is there enough time? The longer this takes, because the media, the Democrat media activists have already convinced not only their base, but a large part of the country that Joe Biden is the elected president. Now, to my understanding, the media cannot elect a president or they can project they cannot i mean it's still got to be certified and everything but the longer this takes is there a danger of more people saying you know what joe biden won let's just trump should concede and get on with it that, that's exactly the tactic they're playing they're trying to present a fate accompli it's all over yeah okay there was a little bit of fraud but <laughs> you know not enough to you know do the election to affect the election. Trump's being obstructionist. He's just, 
he just won't acknowledge his loss. Let's just move on. That's the game they're playing. Look, they had a million people in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, you know, rallying for Trump. But that was hardly reported around the country. You know, there were rallies all over the country for Trump, but none of them were reported on. Mm -hmm. The mainstream media is extremely complicit in this. They've already made up their mind that they're going to go for Joe Biden and uh, they're going to not report anything to the contrary. But look, when this goes to court, and I think we're going to see some cases this week, and we're going to start to see states flip. See, you know, Trump was just, it was just called for Trump in North Carolina. The actual, the actual states that have been reliably called, if you take the six or seven states that are, are contended, that the, the lawsuit's on, Trump is actually ahead on the Electoral College right now. Hmm. He's actually got more votes than Biden, more Electoral College votes than Biden has, if you take out those contentious states. And so to call a race for Biden is just ridiculous. But this is just a massive scheme, a massive lie. And, if, you know, as Stalin said, you tell a lie often enough and, and it becomes the truth. Mm. So, so we are running against time and running against public opinion. Because if 90% of the American people think Biden is the president, even if the Supreme Court finds overwhelming evidence and to disallow a whole bunch of votes in Pennsylvania, they may not do it, you know, mm -hmm. out of basic cowardice because they don't want to, you know, they, they, they think 90% of the American populace will, will go crazy. Are there dates that we need to be looking at as far as certain cases or when this has to be decided, when this has to be certified with the Electoral College? Well, early December, yeah, we've got about two weeks till these races have to be certified. Mm -hmm. So, so the urgency is on right now to to bring these cases forward as as quickly as possible. And look, look, the Trump team is very confident. You know, um, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and others are basically saying they're preparing now to overturn the results in several states. Mm. And I think Georgia will be one of the first to go. And I think. Um, and Michigan and Pennsylvania will be contentious. Look, look, Trump only needs to win Georgia effectively and um, Pennsylvania and, and maybe one other, and he's won. And all of those, those massive... Look, look, <laughs> even the simple fraud, even the dead people voting, the out-of-state people voting, the tallies of those are actually enough to overturn those states let alone the massive computer fraud, you know, that they're talking over 2.7 million votes were denied to Trump in the election. 2.7 wow. million. That's, wow. that's something like 2.5% of the people who voted. That's you know, mm -hmm. that's massive scale cheating. Yeah. And the American people is very aware of it. A, a large number of people, look, people all over the world are aware of this. This is what we've got to go through with this, because if we don't go through through with this, there will never be another free and fair election in American history. If the Democrats are allowed to get away with this, there will be no stopping them in the future. There will never be another fair election.
I agree. That's not an exaggeration. That actually is going to happen if we can't, you know, plus the system has to be really, really, really protected. And and the mail-in fiasco has to be taken care of, this system, Dominion. Uh, We've got a couple seconds. We've got to take a break. Trevor, Trevor Loudon's with us today. He's got a book out, White House Reds, new movie, Enemies Within the Church. We are going to talk about possible President Kamala Harris and why we should be concerned about her When we come back, more with Trevor Loudon on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Trevor Loudon, and we are going to get into some of his background now, all the work that he's been doing for years. I remember um, when I said earlier in the podcast, Trevor, that I first saw you on a project on Agenda, the documentary with Curtis Bowers. That was 2010. But I believe it was in 2007 or 2008, maybe. I think it was 2007 when you came to Appleton, Wisconsin, and you were warning about Barack Obama. You were bringing up people like Frank Marshall Davis. You were talking about Obama's background. You were really opening the eyes of a lot of people about what Marxism is. And it just seems like not enough people got that information in time. And can we go back to that and then talk about your book, White House Reds, and whatever other sure. uh, book you'd like to talk about? Yeah, sure. No, that'll be fine. So when but, when you were warning people at that time, a lot of people were going, well, wait a minute, how can this guy, because nobody knew anything about about Obama. Some of his history had been has been you know wiped clean. I mean, everything was just really looking good. You didn't have his college records. So all we knew, he was this community organizer in Chicago. And at that time, not many Americans knew what that even meant to be a community organizer. No one had heard of Saul Alinsky. So I'd love for you to just go back there and then what led you to write some of the books you've written, including the recent one, White House Reds. Well, look, I've been studying the radical left for a long time. And, and in the 80s, uh, well, actually in the 90s, I met a New Zealander who had infiltrated the New Zealand Communist Party and gone to Moscow to study in the early 80s. He, w- he was there when Reagan invaded Granada. Hmm. And, um, and uh, what he taught me was this. Most of what we see in the U.S. Democratic Party, the Canadian Liberal Party, the policies they implement all come from Moscow. What, what happens is this. The Communist Party of China or the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, which still is behind the scenes running the KGB over there, they come up with a policy. They train the American or the Canadian or the Australian communists in this policy. They take it back to their home country. They make it labor union policy, and the labor unions make it Democrat policy or Canadian Liberal Party policy or Australian Labour Party policy. So this is why you've got a new, why Obama gave us a nuclear deal with Iran. Mm. That was communist policy. That's why we got Obamacare, communist policy. Immigration amnesty, communist policy. Um, $15 an hour minimum wage, communist policy. (laughs) Green New Deal, communist policy. So I, I started looking at at the at the the communists behind the American Democratic Party, and that's when I discovered Obama's communist roots. This hmm. was back in 2007. Yep. And, and that guy has so many communist connections. I could I could fill a 700 page book 
with them, and that was only scratching the surface. The guy was, is, and and remains a complete and utter communist, and 100%. yet, hundred percent. Yep, and yet because of the uh, liberal media in America and the formers of public opinion, the shapers of public opinion, most people don't believe what you just said, and they won't no. take the time to research it. No, because, you know, communism died back in the 80s, you know. Right, communism right. Long, and, and, and you're a McCarthyist. Well, you know, McCarthy was, the only thing wrong with McCarthy when he was exposing communists in the 50s, he didn't go anywhere near far enough. <laughs> That's the reality. Hmm. And, and uh, I've, I've been to McCarthy's grave, grave in Appleton, Wisconsin, by the way, is a great American. Hmm. But, but look, the, the, what has happened is the Democratic Party has been extensively taken over by Marxists. These are the people who march for the Viet Cong communists in the 60s during the Vietnam War era. They supported the Nicaraguan Sandinistas in the 80s. They supported Fidel Castro all the way through. These people in their 60s and 70s now, they're running a lot of Hollywood. They're running the labor unions. They're running the Democratic Party. And they want their revolution before they die. Mm. And Obama pushed it a long way. Hillary was supposed to finish it, but she didn't get elected. So now Joe Biden... And really, Kamala Harris has been chosen to finish the revolution. Let's talk about Kamala Harris, because she may become president. It could be President Harris, and that could be within the next year if things go south and Biden does uh, win the election. That We're very concerned about that. We've written about Kamala Harris. We've been trying to sound the alarm on her. Uh, possibly, I mean, obviously it was announced that she was the most liberal senator in the U.S. in history, but that wasn't good enough for a lot of people, the never-Trumpers. So you have an article that you put out the month before the election. Why is no one except the president calling out Kamala Harris' communist ties? Please share some bullet points from that and what people need to know. Okay, well, look, look Kamala Harris's parents were both Marxists. They, they belong to a group called the Afro-American Association in Berkeley in the 60s. They supported Castro. They supported uh, Che Guevara. And, and members of that group split off to form the Black Panther Party, which was a pro-Chinese communist terrorist organization. Mm. You know, Kamala Harris's father, Don Harris, was an affirmative action Marxist professor at Stanford University. They didn't have enough Marxists in the economics department, <laughs> so they deliberately recruited him as one of the most prominent Marxists of the time. Wow. Um, she was a student radical at Howard University. She went back to San Francisco, started her political career. Um, she had a, an affair with Willie Brown, the mayor of San Francisco, which caused a lot of tongues to wag because he was 60, she was 30. Yep. But what, what the real issue was, that he was a communist. He was supported by the Communist Party right back from the early 60s to the early 2000s. He was in part of the same communist um, sort of set that Senator Dianne Feinstein used to hang around with. Um, now he and Feinstein are communist China's biggest enablers in the Bay Area. Um, her, Kamala Harris's husband's law firm 
works heavily for the Chinese Communist Party. Um, she has a, a young woman, a, a protege called um, Latifa Simon. Now, Kamala got this woman through college. She nurtured her. She got her career going. This woman comes out of standing, standing together to organize a revolutionary movement, a Maoist communist group made famous by Van Jones, who was a member, Obama's Green Jobs are. Yep. Um, the Latifa Simon is best friends with Alicia Garza, one of the Marxist founders of Black Lives Matter, which is a pro-Chinese communist group. And Latifa and Kamala and um, Alicia form this little group together. Um, and also... Um, she was the basically the man who got her into co into politics was a man called um, Steve Phillips out of the Bay Area. He was a member of the League of Revolutionary Struggle at Stanford University. He was a student communist leader and very good friends with Maya Harris, Kamala's sister. They were student radicals together, yeah. and and Steve Phillips married into the Sandler fortune of San Francisco, $2.2 billion, which gave him huge access to the top levels of the Democratic Party. And um, he got Maya Harris's husband, Tony West, into the Justice Department at number three under Eric Holder. Wow. But St Steve Phillips was the man who got, um, got the money together to get Barack Obama ahead of Hillary Clinton. He almost, he got his good friend and comrade, Cory Booker, into the U.S. Senate from New Jersey and almost elected the Marxists, Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum, to the governorships of Georgia and Florida in 2018. But he is the man who got Kamala Harris elected as DA in San Francisco, yep. as Attorney General from California, U.S. Senate from California, and now he's engineering her to become the effective President of the United States. Everywhere you look with Kamala Harris, it's pro-Chinese communists. And Donald Trump said recently that if Joe Biden was elected, he would sell this country to China. Well, he couldn't have picked a better VP to help him do that than Kamala Harris. And it completely makes sense now to those of us who were wondering how could someone that was 16th or 17th in all of the possible Democrat Party nominees, you know, for president when they were having the debates, she dropped out. She wasn't popular. People didn't like her personality. They probably didn't know about her background. How could someone like that be Joe Biden's pick for VP. Now it makes sense. They are lockstep with what they want to do with China and what they want to do to the country. Yeah, look, absolutely. I've been saying for three years that Kamala Harris would be the Democrat nominee. And then when she dropped out, I lost a whole lot of steak dinners on that. <laughs> well, I'm going back to get them because, look, <laughs> she was always intended to be the nominee. Because the same communists who gave you Obama gave you Kamala Harris. That's right. She was picked out years ago, years ago. So um, when she didn't fire, they had to get her in an another way. And the only reason Joe Biden got where he was, because he was the only one at the time that could stop Bernie Sanders. Wow. And, and they didn't want Bernie Sanders because he's too obviously communist. 
They wanted Kamala Harris. So they had to use Joe Biden to stop Bernie Sanders, get Joe Biden the nomination, and then engineer Kamala Harris to be the VP candidate. And we all know that if he is elected, she will be the real president. And she is Obama's puppet and China's puppet. Yeah, you wrote about a lot of these people in your book, White House Reds, communists, socialists, and security risks who were running for president leading up to this election in 2020. Um, Would you like to share any from your book on some of these? I mean, who can you put up as the top radicals? I mean, is there a hierarchy of, of communists in your book, White House Reds, or are they all pretty much, you know, all on the same extreme left? Well, look, see, see, you know, in Christianity, they have, you know, Christianity has a lot of denominations, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got, you got Catholic, you got Orthodox, you've got Baptist, whatever. They're all centrally Christian, but they have different, slightly different viewpoints. Well, communism is the same. They have different denominations of communism. And what the book points out is that of the 11 candidates still running in the in the race at the beginning of this year 10 were communists right of different stripes of communism bernie sanders comes out of the pro nicaraguan pro cuban faction Julian castro came out of the communist party usa faction amy klobuchar mrs nice amy klobuchar mrs moderate from minnesota (laughs) comes out of the democratic socialists of america faction Little Pete Buttigieg comes out of the Gramsci communist faction, and he is lined up for being Secretary of Defense. The man is a communist. Bernie Sanders is lined up for being Secretary of Labor under a Joe Biden administration. So though though the book goes, goes into the deep communist background of Joe Biden, of Bernie Sanders, of Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, uh, all of them. So, look, people can get that. Just go to my website, trevorloudon.com, and you can order a signed, an autographed copy there. But, look, this book gives you the complete insight onto the different communist factions running the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party now is not the party of Harry Truman or JFK. It is now a communist party. Yep. And it wouldn't have mattered who got the nomination you would have had a communist running things, but the most powerful faction was backing Kamala Harris, and they got their person into the job. Yes, or they're very close to it, and I think it's a little too late for us to be saying, wow, I wish we would have known. Well, shame on us for not being informed and believing the Democrat media and and believing the talking points and being as Christians, Trevor, what's your take on being offended at Trump's character, his personality or his tweets and not looking at what he's done for America in over three and a half years, his policies, procedures and the Republican platform? Well, you know, Christians are supposed to be discerning. They're supposed to be as wise as serpents. So you're supposed to be looking for truth. You know, the devil is the prince of lies. You know, the devil is always spinning things, is always lying. And this is a battle between good and evil. This is Satan versus God Mm -hmm. playing out here. Now, President Trump is not a perfect man. But, you know, Winston Churchill was a drunken lush. (laughs) But can you imagine Britain coming through World War II without Winston Churchill? No. 
Can you imagine, you know, when you look at the, many of the biblical figures in the Old Testament, you know, Solomon and people like that, they were pretty reprobate characters at times, weren't they? You know, they did some pretty horrible stuff, some of them. But they were still chosen at a certain time to be leaders to save the people. Well, Donald Trump has done more to stand up to China, and he will take China down. He will take the Communist Party of China down in a second term without firing a shot. <laughs> you know, he, he will do that. Yep. And, um, you know, he has done more good for this country than anyone you can imagine. More good for religious liberty. Yes. The Democrats are absolutely opposed to Christianity. Their Equality Act, which they've already passed through their Congress, if it's implemented under Joe Biden, will essentially essentially shut down traditional Christianity in this country. And That's I'm not right. exaggerating one little bit on that. I know. All it, it takes is one executive order or a one uh, hate crimes legislation. That Equality Act is dangerously close to affecting all of us. Look, and, and a lot of Christians do not realize this at all. They, oh, Joe Biden's a nice man. Donald Trump, he says some, he swears sometimes, and he, he does some mean tweets. <laughs> well, you know, look, Donald, Joe Biden is a traitor. He will destroy your military mm -hmm. and sell your country to China. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump can be a little bit offensive sometimes, but so could most of the leaders in the Old Testament. Now, I'm not saying Donald Trump is a biblical leader. I'm just saying Christians need to get real about this. This is the survival of the republic at stake. And this is the republic, the first one in world history that was founded on the principle that your rights come from God, not the government. Amen. And it has done more to spread the, more to spread the gospel around the world than any other. It has built more churches and hospitals and, and, and saved more people from tyranny than any other. And American Christians, either by apathy or ignorance, are about to sell out down the river. Mm -hmm. Is that? Do you think that's what God wants? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it's it's interesting. We are either going to be judged, or uh, He's going to give us a little bit more mercy and a little bit more time. Our guest today, Trevor Loudon, author, speaker, filmmaker. When we come back, we're going to talk about his new project, Enemies Within the Church. Plus, uh, we're going to go through a little list of who supports Joe Biden. And it might surprise you, for those of us that are informed, it won't be too shocking. More with Trevor Loudon when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Trevor Loudon. And before we get to a brand new project called Enemies Within The Church, where he's working on with Kerry Gordon, Judd Saul, and Curtis Bowers, who supports Joe Biden? And this is in alphabetical order. Trevor, I'd love to get your take on this, and you can probably add quite a bit, but for time's sake... Uh, abortion businesses, ACLU, Antifa, Big Tech, Black Lives Matter, China, Communist Party USA, corporate elites, Democrat socialists, environmentalists, Facebook, globalists, Hollywood, LGBT, liberal media, Muslims, NARAL, NBA, NFL, National Education Association, Open Borders Advocates, Planned Parenthood, SPLC, Twitter, Wall Street, Workers Unions, and the United Nations. What did I miss? 
Uh, <laughs> sa- sa- Satan. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness, the most obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but that's a pretty. You know, all of those groups, none of them who you'd want, you'd want to be associated with. If you're a but, Christian. But yeah. millions of American Christians um, either didn't vote for Trump or actively voted for Biden, you know, and to their eternal shame. Mm-hmm. Or didn't you know, but vote I think at the all. Main, the, main, the, main one, the main culpability is the people who didn't vote. Yes. You know, when you go and vote and you vote wrong, at least you've tried to do the right thing. But when you don't even vote at all, when you, you care so little about your civic responsibilities or the future of your children, you're so arrogant in your mock spirituality that you think you're above it. That, that, is, that is just egregious, yep. in my opinion. Yep. And there's a lot of virtue signaling going on, um, saying, well, Donald, Donald Trump's such a sinful man. We could get into how God used Cyrus in the book of Isaiah, and he was a pagan king, and God anointed him. Not that he anointed Trump, but certainly... God set Trump up to do whatever he called him to do for America for this season. Whether we want to accept that or not, Trump is our president. And um, I know we need to move on, Trevor. When we were down in Texas a few months ago at America at the Crossroads, the 911 call to Patriot Pastors, I took some notes on a couple of your presentations there, which are available at Liberty Pastors. Dot com. If you guys want to look these up, Trevor talked about uh, Marxism and communism and, and some of these things in more detail that we can do right now on the radio. But you talked about the fact that religion should shape culture because culture shapes politics. And these are some of the laws, the legislation, the people in government, what we're seeing now. It's a failure of the church to be the salt and light that's gotten us into this dilemma. You talked about morality and, and just whatever you would like to share about that fact that we have really dropped the ball in lacking influence before we get into uh, enemies within the church. Yeah, well, I, I think that's one hundred percent right. Um, you know, back in the back in the fifties, um, uh, Senator Senator Johnson, before he became president, it, it passed the Johnson Amendment, an amendment to the tax code, which yes. said pastors couldn't comment on couldn't endorse political candidates or they'd lose their tax-free status. And that gave every cowardly pastor in the country the excuse to, to not talk about contentious or important issues. Mm. You know, so a few years after that, they took prayer out of schools. A few years after that, they passed Roe v. Wade. Had the churches still been involved, could they have done those two things? And you look at the moral degeneration that has ensued from that. Mm. We are here today in a, in a sewer of a culture and an absolute mess of a political um, environment because the churches bowed out. The churches gave up on the culture, on the politics, gave up on their civic responsibilities and their leadership role and retreated to two hours of two hours a you know, two hours a week on a Sunday and behind four walls. Mm. That's the American church. Yes. Um, we've drifted so far from Acts 2.42 and uh, the early church, and our purpose, especially during this season of the coronavirus, we fear a virus and we fear man and we fear government, and it seems like at a time when people need the church to be alive and active. But let's talk about enemies within. 
the church. And on the website, it's an educational, historical, evidence-based movie experience that provokes a passionate return to Orthodox Christian faithfulness across the Western world. How can people get more information, and uh, how did you get involved with this project? Well, I was brought in basically because of my expertise on the left. You know, like I understand communist movements and how they work. I understand how the communists took over the labor unions, the education system, the Democratic Party. And when I looked at how the communists had taken over the churches, hmm. I was even more horrified. Yes. You know, but, but it's logical. You know, you think if you're an enemy of America and you want to take America down, you want to get rid of freedom, you know, you can't conquer America from the outside. Well, you couldn't back then anyway. The only way you're going to take down America is from the inside. And what is the backbone of this country? It is Christianity. It's the church. So if you can get inside the church and neutralize it or even turn it to the left, you can bring down this country from within and millions of people will follow along because they listen to what their pastor says and they and the church has that respectability and influence that no other institution has. And so that the churches were targeted very early on for penetration. And now it's got to the point where, where, where Marxism is more prevalent in many churches than, than, than Christianity is. And you say that, and some of our listeners are going, wait a minute, in the church? And yet, if we think back to last summer, or this summer, months ago, when the Black Lives Matter protests were going on, we, we had evangelical pastors locking arms and marching in some of these protests. What are your thoughts on that? that, that, that when, when will we wake up to this? Well, look, Black Lives Matter is a Chinese-directed communist organization, 100%. Mm. And you've got Christians all over the country tying themselves up in knots of guilt and virtue signaling like crazy yep. how they love Black Lives Matter. You know, the Southern Baptists, which are one of the most conservative and orthodox Bible-believing churches in the country and very politically influential, has fallen under the influence of leftists like Russell Moore and J.D. Greer and others. And at their convention in Alabama a couple of years ago, they passed critical race theory. They passed it on the floor as a, as a resolution. It is now part of the church toolbox for dealing with issues of race. Wow. Well, critical race theory is Marxism. Mm -hmm. It is pure Marxism. It comes from James Cone, an open communist who wrote a book, The Black Church and Marxism, What Do They Have to Offer Each Other? He went to Cuba in 1982 to meet with Fidel Castro, and he took Jeremiah Wright, Obama's pastor, with him. You know, yeah. Critical race theory is, is very—this is what it is. It means if you're white, you're automatically racist. And the only way to end—and and you're part of the white Christian capitalist infrastructure— the only way to end racism is to overthrow the white Christian capitalist patriarchy. What critical race theory is, the old form of Marxism was the workers would overthrow the capitalist bosses. But that doesn't work very well in America because class doesn't really exist in America. 
but race is with us all the time. So they've changed race for class. So now instead of the workers overthrowing the bosses, it is the people of colour, the oppressed people of colour and their white sympathisers who will overthrow the white Christian capitalist patriarchy. This is 100% Marxism, and it's through churches all over the country, even some of the most conservative. Yes. And then we have social justice. Then we have welcoming illegal immigrants. We have all these Marxist programs in the churches right now posing as Christianity. Yes, and the emergent church, the Christian left, the red-letter Christians, yep. and all the, the those groups. Look, Red Letter Christian, Shane Claiborne, mm -hmm. very popular amongst young Christians. He is an active, he has been an active longtime supporter of a Stalinist Communist Party called the League of Revolutionaries for a New America. He's been hanging around with Stalinists for 20 years and going to all these Christian conferences telling these young kids all about social justice yep. and pretending it's Christianity. The guy is a Stalinist. Yeah. You know, with his with his dreadlocks and his, you know, under the guise whatever. of being under under the guise of being a Christian pacifist, right? Yeah, um, he is a, he is a Marxist. Yeah. Hey, a thousands of young American Christians buy into this garbage. Yes. Uh, Trevor Loudon, we've got four minutes left, and I'm glad you brought up Shane Claiborne. Uh, we've written quite a bit about him or has talked about him. It has, it's been a while since his name uh, came up, but Jim Wallace is one of the reasons that this podcast got off the ground 10 years ago when he came to speak at a major religious festival, major uh, music festival here in Wisconsin. And he was the keynote speaker. There was no... Uh, conservative, Christian, Republican to a debate. He just had the main stage, and he preached a social justice message, uh, really critical of conservatives, of those who would follow, I don't know, Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Glenn Beck, others. And so your take on Jim Wallace, since we, we talked about enemies within the church, he's been very influential uh, for the enemy, hasn't he? Yeah, look, he is a Marxist who poses as a Christian, he was Obama's pastor, which tell favorite pastor, which tells you something. But he is a big influence on groups like the Gospel Coalition, mm. um, Ron Sider, and others. He has spread Marxism through the evangelical churches through his Sojourners organization. He is one of the worst of them, but he is a, a massive influence on 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 Tim Keller and the uh, Gospel Coalition, on Russell Moore and people like that in the Southern Baptists. So he, he is absolutely one of the worst here. He, he, look, you know, he says he's a Christian. He is a Marxist pretending to be a Christian. Yes. He comes out of a long tradition of people like Joseph Fletcher, the man who introduced the concept of, of situation ethics into America, who also pretended to be a Christian, but was a Stalinist communist. The, there is a direct line between those pretend Christians of the 1930s who are really communists and the, and the Jim Wallaces, and that stretch that goes right into the Red Letter Christians, it goes into the Gospel Coalition, it goes into the uh, Ethics Commission of the Southern Baptists, etc. There is a very clear line of Marxism flooding into all of these organizations, and they're turning American Christianity on its head. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we've only got a minute and a half, Trevor. You brought up Joseph Fletcher. I remember you mentioning him in the uh, presentation you gave down in Texas, and uh, you said he was a communist and who posed as a Christian pastor. Uh, are we talking about the uh, the 30s, 40s? Are we going back that far? Yeah, look, the, the communist, the, the very first communist front in America was the Methodist Committee for Social Action. That's when they started infiltrating the mainstream Protestant churches. They took over the mainstream Protestant churches, which drove drove a whole bunch of people into the evangelical movement. Well, now they're going after the evangelicals because these evangelicals are the crazy people who vote for people like Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, (laughs) and that has to be stopped. Mm. That has to be shut down, and they are working overtime to shut down to break the links between evangelical Christianity and the conservative movement and turn evangelical Christianity to the hard left. And they are progressing very nicely. Thank you very much. Yes, they are. And I wish it was different. Hey, over on your Twitter, you've got uh, the 2020 election is around the corner. Know your enemy. What are you going to change that to? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Stop your enemy. Um, Stop your enemy. The president. Reinstate. Re- you know, look, look. Trump can be president. He can have a great second term. He can shut down vote fraud once and for all. We just got to hang in there. The legal case is on his side. The moral case is on his side. We just have to ke- get the public opinion to make sure that the 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 state legislatures and the, and the courts do the right thing here. And we hope and pray that's the case. Thank you for your time today. TrevorLoudon.com. Also, EnemiesWithinTheChurch.com. But we'll put both of those links in the podcast notes. God bless you, Trevor. Keep fighting the good fight, brother. Thank you, sir. Great. It was great talking to you. Same Thank here. You. When we come back, we'll let you know who's our guest tomorrow and the rest of this week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Tomorrow, brand new guest, Chris Joss has a book out and it's about his experience. He's a media man that was discriminated against because he's a Christian and just happened to speak out. So there's a little bit of censorship going on. We'll talk about that topic tomorrow. Also, you'll hear from George Carneal Wednesday. He's a former homosexual who's got an amazing testimony. You need to check that out. Also, J.B. Hickson is back with us on Thursday. And Patrick Wood, he's going to be back with us. Technocracy News, that's Friday. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.